lock and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show. Back after a nice long weekend and happy Tuesday to all of you. Steve Dace here alongside Todd Erzin and Aaron McIntyre. We have a ton to get to. Let us know what you think about what we think. Hopefully all of you, by the way, had a great weekend, including the two of you. Let us know what you think about what we think. Steve at SteveDace.com is how you can email us. That's D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook. Just keep in mind whenever you see hashtag Facebook approved takes, I'm lying to you. Uh, but if you don't want to even have to worry about navigating that, just skip Facebook altogether. I mean, the world was skipping it for about seven or eight hours yesterday. Uh, follow me on Twitter at Steve Day Show, and then look for me as well without any censorship at all on MeWe, Parlor, Gab, and Getter. Clips of the show that are free of censorship can be viewed for free when you go to rumble.com slash Steve Day Show as well. Hey, have you recently bought a pair of glasses and were frustrated because you just can't get used to those new progressives? Well, that was my problem until I went over to Better Spectacles, where they are now offering authentic German-engineered Rodenstock eyewear for the first time right here in the U.S. In fact, those are the glasses I'm wearing right now here on the show. Rodenstock, 144-year-old company, the world's gold standard with over 500 patents. And while they can handle your run-of-the-mill everyday prescriptions, they specialize with the problematic, difficult ones as well. And now you can get your problematic prescription filled and in glasses that don't make you look too awkward when you go to betterspectacles.com to schedule a teleoptical appointment with one of their best-trained opticians in the country. And right now, they're offering our audience an introductory offer 61% off their GoSpecs lunges, plus those free handcrafted, sharp-looking Rodenstock frames. Available today if you visit betterspectacles.com slash Steve. Again, that's betterspectacles.com slash Steve. I mentioned we have a lot to get to here today. At the bottom of the hour, our old friend Alex Berenson will return as we dig into the latest COVID and vaccine data with him. Next hour, for fake news or not, I'm going to lay out some very real news that you need to know that except for you know a platform like this and a few others around the country, you won't be told. And you need to know as we get, hit, we get set now to enter into the next wave of seasonality for COVID-19. All right, so we will get to that with fake news or not next hour. And then at the bottom of the hour, we will have Pop Culture Tuesday. I want to give you a one-week warning. Next week's Pop Culture Tuesday, we will be breaking down the absolutely outstanding and thought-provoking series on Netflix called Midnight Mass. It is a sequel, sort of, but not really, kind of a a lot of the same actors, but the same production team from those that did the hit show The Haunting of Hill House on Netflix two years ago. Midnight Mass, it is a homily. Now, I'm not exactly sure what religion it's preaching, but it is preaching indeed. There is no way we're going to be able to break that down next week without spoiling it. We cannot do it. So I'm giving you a warning now. You've got a week to watch Midnight Mass on Netflix before next week's Pop Culture Tuesday and Todd, I want to give you a little heads up too. We're going to do that at, a, at the top of an hour to give it extra time. Cool. That's how much is going on in this show. 
Okay. So there's a little heads up about next week's Pop Culture Tuesday. This week, one of the lead investigative journalists for Australia's version of 60 Minutes has decided to dive headlong into the UFO debate. And now he has his own report out. You can watch this for free on YouTube, by the way. The three of us have had a chance to watch it and break it down, and we will discuss it here for Pop Culture Tuesday coming up at the very final segment of the show. But before we get to all of that, of course, for the first time in a few days, here's Aaron's rundown of what happened while we were away. What happened while we were away brought to you by getting the heck out of Dodge. The director of the National Institutes of Health, Dr. Francis Collins, is announcing his resignation today. This news comes after a tumultuous two years for the NIH and all of its subsidiary agencies dealing with coronavirus. Collins is expected to step aside by the end of the year. He's been with NIH for 30 years, including 12 at the top. The director of the National Institutes of Health is a Senate-confirmed position. Learning Chinese today, today's phrase is Collins is resigning in order to spend more time with his masks. Now's the part, or a part of the montage, that'll get the blood pressure going. Salem radio host Hugh Hewitt had Dr. Anthony Fauci on his program where he asked him this. I've lost confidence in the CDC and the FDA. And I actually believe a lot of Americans, a significant part of America, now have lost confidence in you, Dr. Fauci. Is there a point where you will say... I do more harm than good because people don't listen to me anymore and step aside. No, absolutely unequivocally no. Over the weekend, Fauci was interviewed by CBS's Face the Nation. But we can gather for Christmas or it's just too soon to tell? You know, Margaret, we, it's just too soon to tell. We've just got to concentrating on continuing to get those numbers down and not try yeah. to jump ahead by weeks or months. After outcry over those comments, Fauci released the following statement, quote, I will be spending Christmas with my family. I encourage people, particularly the vaccinated people who are protected, to have a good, normal Christmas with your family, end quote. A new peer-reviewed study in the European Journal of Epidemiology finds no correlation between vaccination rates and increases in COVID-19 cases. A new study by Internet 2.0 shows China placed huge orders for PCR testing equipment dating back to, get this, May of 2019. Israel is now banning indoor activities for anyone without the third COVID-19 booster shot. New Zealand Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern is admitting defeat in her pursuit of zero COVID policy in that country. The House advice has been that to date we've managed to largely control the outbreak, but as you can see with this outbreak and with Delta, the return to zero is incredibly difficult. And our restrictions alone are not enough to achieve it quickly. In fact, for this outbreak, it's clear that long periods of heavy restrictions has not got us to zero cases. <laughs> okay. <laughs> In Australia, the state premier of New South Wales has resigned following the announcement of a corruption probe. The probe stems from her supposed deep ties to Pfizer lobbyists. Speaking of Pfizer, Project Veritas released yet another sting operation, this time going undercover and capturing the thoughts of a scientist at Pfizer talking about the COVID-19 vaccines. Nick Carl is an experienced biochemist at Pfizer with a history of working in the pharmaceutical industry. Nick admits to our undercover journalist that those who've had COVID have stronger immunity than those who've received the Pfizer COVID vaccine. When somebody is 
naturally um, immune, like they got COVID. Um, they probably have better, like not better, but more antibodies against the virus because what the vaccine is, is like I said, that protein that's just on the outside. So it's just one antibody against one specific part of the virus. When you actually get the virus, you're going to start producing antibodies against like multiple pieces of virus. And not only just like that outside portion, like the inside portion and the actual virus. So your antibodies are probably better at that point than the vaccination. Moving on, if you're a parent who's gone to a school board meeting and spoken out against critical racist theory, you're now a domestic terrorist. That's according to U.S. Attorney General Merrick Garland, who in a memo to the FBI yesterday called on the agency to mobilize against parents who oppose CRT, citing, quote, threats. In Arizona, Democrat Senator Kirsten Sinema has been on the butt end of not one, not two, but three aggressive confrontation by left-wing activists over her opposition to Joe Biden's so-called Build Back Better agenda. She was accosted on a flight in an airport and in one instance was chased into a bathroom stall at Arizona State University whilst teaching there. Headline from Jezebel, absolutely bully Kirsten Cinema outside her bathroom stall. Joe Biden was asked about these left-wing tactics. The only people it doesn't happen to are people who have Secret Service standing around them. Um, so uh, it's, it's, it's part of the process. And finally, if you haven't seen this yet, you need to. After winning his first race in the Xfinity series on Saturday, NASCAR driver Brandon Brown was interviewed by an NBC reporter. Oh my God, it's just such an unbelievable moment. Brandon, you also told me. As you can hear in the background, the crowd is chanting, F Joe Biden. As you can hear the chants from the, the crowd. Let's go, Brandon. Let's go, Brandon, indeed. And that's what happened while we were away. Wow, is there a lot going on there, which is why I hope you guys don't mind. I didn't mess around with too much small talk there as we get, just got right into it with everything going on. Uh, Aaron's Montage brought to you by our friends over at Brickhouse Nutrition. You know, you hear a lot of talk about variants, masks, vaccines. Very little, though, about changing your lifestyle, good eating habits. You know, one of the biggest, if not the biggest, immune systems in the body is in the gut. So eating habits can be a prime candidate for you being sick. Yet the fact checkers will go nuts when you say things about preventative health. But that is actual health and science, not the narrative of the regime. That's why you want to look for products that can help you get there, like Field of Greens. It's unlike other superfoods because it uses real USDA, organic fruits and vegetables that are packed with antioxidants, support heart health, metabolism, blood pressure, digestion, and more. Great for everyone in your family and unlike other nutritional drinks, which rely on only one vegetable, Field of Greens is packed with 18 clinically researched fruits and vegetables, part of my daily regimen. If you want to give it a shot as well, all you have to do is mix one scoop in with any water-based drink, stir it up, tastes great, and you've got pretty much in that one serving more fruits and vegetables than most Americans will get in a day, if not sadly more. You want to give it a shot, 15% off your first order right now when you use my first name, Steve, as your promo code when you go to BrickHouseSteve.com. Use the promo code Steve to get 15% off when you go to BrickHouseSteve.com. Today in the overtime, we will discuss what should and what would happen if indeed it can be confirmed that China knew for sure, as it appears, more and more circumstantial evidence continues to emerge, including the report that Aaron cited in his montage, as more and more circumstantial evidence 
emerges that shows it is more likely than not China was aware of the outbreak in Wuhan when last we're in September of 2019 when it invited the world's military Olympic Games to compete there. So military brass from all over the world in Wuhan, China, while this outbreak was going on in September of 2019. If it can be confirmed without a, beyond a reasonable doubt that that was the case, or worse, that this, therefore, was an intentional bioweapon, what should and what would happen in those cases? We'll get into that today in the overtime. If you want to join us for that, great. If you're a subscriber, just be patient. We will record it for you right after today's show, and then we will upload it for you to be able to download it on demand later at blazetv.com slash dace. That's D-E-A-C-E, blazetv.com slash dace. If you're not yet a Blaze TV subscriber, that is also where you can go to become one with a discounted subscription price today. Again, at blazetv.com slash dace. Where to begin here? Let, let, let's start with Fauci and deal with this quickly. Because as far as I know, and maybe you guys remember something I don't, can you remember since his ascendancy in March of 2020, has there been a moment of self-awareness, a moment of backtrack, a moment of, wow, here's a down power line, not even I can trap ease with all of my willing accomplices in the media. Can you think of one? Because I cannot. Was there a moment where he was like, all right, yeah, I mean, that was dumb, or yeah, you got me, or yeah, that was wrong? Any of that? I can't remember the specific issues. There there seems to be instances where he was willing to massage his language, if not Mm -hmm. outright about face like this, just realize I didn't lie good enough. But I don't mean that. I don't mean dissembling. I mean like, all right, man, yeah, my bad. My bust. Okay. Because that's what we got over the weekend while we were gone. I'm talking about that. Yeah. Like, no, I agree. That yeah, was unique. Yeah, like, like a, I got to walk that back. And I don't know if it's just simply because it's Christmas. And so the, that that just is obviously loaded with, with nostalgia, tradition, emotion um, for people uh, that you just uniquely cannot go there. Or is it a sign overall that, all right, enough, you know what, this, this effing guy, enough, all right? Because he went there, enough is enough is enough. But clearly, this was a guy last year that was bragging he was not going to celebrate Christmas with his family. Bragged after the fact that he did not celebrate Christmas with his family. Of course, well, you know, Debbie Burks was telling you not to have Thanksgiving with yours and then went and had Thanksgiving with hers. This is a, a markedly fast walk back. Is it just an outlier because it's Christmas or is it a sign we have Fauci fatigue? Because the, the answer to this question is going to play itself into the next thing I'm going to talk to you about. I, well, I think the true Fauci is the guy who said, if, if you want to ask the question, you know, if you just, people can't trust you anymore, the mess, it's been too long, the messaging is convoluted, would you ever try? Oh, Correct. of course not. See, that's the real thing. Thank him. you to Hugh Hewitt, our former Salem colleague, for asking yes, those questions, absolutely. by this, the way. What this is indicative of, there's a lot of other very evil people in the government that just pulled Anthony aside and said, 
bread and circuses, dude. We giving them their football. We're going to give them Christmas. Stick to the plan. That's what it's because I, I can totally see that. That's that is what that is. Okay, Aaron, you have a thought on this before I go to part do. Yeah, give it a week. He's going to repeat. Yeah, no, no Christmas for anybody. Just give it a week. Okay. Okay. He cannot abide walking it back like that. Okay. Because, but, but this is a rare walk back, if not a singular one. I, I don't recall another walk back. I mean, I recall all forms of dissembling. Mm-hmm. We wrote a whole book chronicling mm-hmm. that. But like, you know, I throw something out there with, with authority and then come right back and walk it back because of the backlash. Agreed. I don't recall that. Which brings us to the sudden, unanticipated resignation of Francis Collins. For those of you that don't know the chain of command over there, Francis Collins is Anthony Fauci's boss. Fauci runs a division of the National Institutes for Health called NIAID. All right. It is a branch of the institution that that Francis Collins oversees. So Francis Collins is Anthony Fauci's immediate supervisor. And Francis Collins shocked a lot of people over the weekend with a sudden resignation that the news of which came out shortly after Fauci walked back his comments on Christmas. Now, is it because more and more is coming out about what NIH funded with EcoHealth Alliance and the gain-of-function research in China? Is it that he's 70 um, and it's just time to go? Aaron, you asked me what I think is going on here, right? Mm-hmm. Before, right before the show, and I said we're going to talk about it soon. So what was the second question? So, so our former Salem colleague, Hugh Hewitt, openly says to Fauci, I've lost confidence in the CDC. I think a lot of Americans have. And just so you guys know, he was a very nice guy. But he's a, he, he and, and I don't, well, this is going to sound derogatory. I don't mean it to, okay? I really don't. But he's, you know, he's a lot more David French than Steve Dace Hugh is. Just has a different demeanor, disposition, and I don't mean like drag queen story time hours, the price of freedom. That's why I hesitated to use that because I can promise you, Hugh Hewitt does not believe drag queen story time hours, the price of freedom. I mean, in terms of disposition, temperament, you know, a willingness to give pre-established institutions, you know, he's from a different era, different generation, to give pre-established institutions that used to be known as on the side and vanguard of the truth and were often aligned with people on the right. I mean, he will bend over backwards. I mean, like, yeah, so I, I mean, I mean, pre-drag queen story time hour, David French. Is that a fair comparison? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So for him to say that and to Fauci's face means he just, there's no other benign explanation benefited out he can give these systems anymore. He just has to accept it. The, the things that people like us were saying about them, you know, 18 months ago are actually now true. The second thing he asked him about, Fauci, was would you consider, would, is it time basically for you to resign if people have lost confidence? And Fauci was a defiant, absolutely not. See, I, what I think is going to happen is Fauci is going to take over the NIH. That's what I think is going on here. I think that there will be someone, someone has to be the fall guy. Even if they never, ever admit the role that our institutions played in the creation of this virus and the funding of that lab, at the very least, we just went through in August, and you'll hear more about this in fake news or not here next hour. 
we just finished the summertime. We're total all-cause mortality in August, including COVID-19 mortality, was higher in August of 2021 than it was in August of 2020. And someone, someone has to pay a political price for that. So it'll be the guy that is a lukewarm Christian who last week was doing, or two weeks ago, was actually appearing on a Christian pastor's podcast that we actually featured on an overtime. It'll be him, the guy that's written books about, you know, finding God and mapping the human genome and finding God in science. All right. This is a classic Marxist play. Collins bent over backwards to accommodate the system. But they still know he really ain't one of them. He's really not. And so what happens when Kevin Williamson tries to go work at the Atlantic? What happens? Uh, He was told no. No. Yeah. Now he's back at National Review and he's actually still writing and he's writing for National Review stuff that the Atlantic would actually like and want to publish. But if he tried to if he tried to go and do it there under their banner for more money, because in the end, they know he ain't one of us, but they know he's never going to be one of them, that there can be no accommodation. So Francis Collins has to go. And the guy that has carried the spirit of the ages water for the last year plus, that has done all of its dirty deeds, dirt cheap, done them all, and in broad daylight. Why is he so confident? Oh, absolutely not. Because I believe Francis Collins has been pushed aside and Anthony Fauci will now be promoted. Because this is the spirit of the age, I believe, about to say to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You have shown you could be entrusted with a little, and so now you will be entrusted with so much more. Thoughts? Uh, Can we go have an extra day of vacation? I know. I know. if, if, If America accepts that with without turning the streets of this nation into at the very least and it's it's happening slowly but what's going on in europe i i i simply pity you because you have simply you're walking around in a filthy diaper drunk on crack you're no better than somebody doing that if you accept this guy as a ruler at yet another level. Tell me I'm wrong. Are you talking about on an interim basis? I don't know. Does it matter? Yeah, I don't. He's 80. Because on, on a long-term basis, I mean, it's a Senate-confirmed position. Mm-hmm. So I would say you do re- no You do chance. interims. You do recess appointments. Yeah, so I would say, you know, as an actual, as the permanent head of of NIH, no, I I don't think I don't think that that really has. That's a great point, a though, between you two, though. It would ha- almost have to be what you're saying, Steve, mm-hmm. because Aaron, I think where you're going is that the amount of questions, yeah. 
that come so you just, up. You just put them there for an interim basis. Is that your basis? point, Aaron? Yeah. yeah. Put them there for an interim yep. basis. You still make your point, though. You all do a recess. You do a recess appointment. You do one of those, too. Sure. Yeah. But yeah. Can you imagine the questions if anybody's even trying mm-hmm. in the Senate? But he's he has faced some of that questioning before. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, I mean, this is, I mean, this is Mitch McConnell's Republican Party, which applauded Merrick Garland, as did Andy McCarthy at National Review, by the way, as a phenomenal civil public servant at Department of Justice. And of course, now he is, uh, he's the Stasi now uh, uh, over there at the Department of Justice. Um, I want to go to the European Journal of Epidemiology on a correlation between vax rates and cases. Even though that study was published in the Europe the European Journal of Epidemiology, where it was peer-reviewed and and approved there. You should know there are two names there of the researchers that looked at this. One of them is a Harvard researcher. As in, you know, the number one rated university in the United States of America. So so there are two researchers that looked at this, one of them from Harvard, and it was just peer-reviewed and approved in the European Journal of Epidemiology. Now, About three weeks ago, I think it was on this show, I walked you through a lot of the latest data on heavily vaxxed countries and where they were from a year ago at this time to where they are now, right? And we looked at the UK and Israel and and the United States, and we looked at the Nordic countries together, and we looked at the top five nations in terms of per capita total vaccination rate, right? And remember when I told you, when I looked at all of this data, there was, there was no symmetry to it at all. I mean, that's, that's one of the greatest cases, by the way, for the fact that they stole the last presidential election. The idea that a Democrat would lose Florida, and fairly badly, you know, a four or five point loss in Florida, given the history of that state, as I pointed out before, for the last 40, 30 years or something, the average margin of victory for Florida, no matter who won it, was two and a half points. Trump almost lapped that. So the idea that you would lose Florida that badly and then turn around and win Georgia? No. Guys, that's that's not how this works. That's not how any of this works. Now, I could see Biden winning Florida by that margin and then flipping Georgia, right? Mm -hmm. But then he's going to lose Florida and badly from a historical sense and then flip Georgia? No. No. No, guys. No. 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 That's... That's not how this works. That's not how any of this works. There's no symmetry in any of this data. You know why there's no symmetry in any of the election data? Because they just found out how many ballots they needed to win, and they flipping harvested them. That, you know, as, as that, that's why there's no data symmetry. That's why it doesn't make any sense. Remind, remember, when I walked you through this vaccination data about well, two to three weeks ago now, and you can get that unedited over on rumble.com slash Steve Day Show. Do you guys remember the word I used to describe this? Random. It didn't make any sense. None of it did. I pointed out Spain and Portugal. They share a landmass. They border each other. Spain's doing great compared to this time last year. Portugal is a hot mess. They're both top five most vaccinated countries in the world. Now, the fact that Spain had the virus worse than Portugal and therefore has higher natural immunity would explain some of those numbers. Maybe even a good portion of them. But I mean, it, it, Spain, from a, from a COVID standpoint, is a different friggin' country than Portugal is. And they're right next door. It's all random. 
I pointed this out to you just looking at the real-time data. Well, now you've got a peer-reviewed study from a guy at Harvard that's published in the, Univ- the European Journal of Epidemiology. They looked at hundreds of countries. And then within those hundreds of countries, they did it granular on a county-by-county level to account for per capita differences. And you know what they still found? So between counties and countries, they looked at thousands of populations and they could find no correlation at all between vaccination rates and case rates. None. In other words, it's just random. Exactly what I told you on this show three weeks ago. And I went to Grand Rapids Community College. Okay? I'm not from Harvard. We have injected almost 6 billion people with the nanoparticles of one of these four vaccines. And there's no symmetry to that data at all? It's just all random. We can't find any correlations at all. Behold the magic of vaccines. Indeed. This is not how this is supposed to work, folks. It's not. And so therefore, you know what that means? It's not working. We'll get more context from our old friend, Alex Berenson. He will join us here next. Well, who doesn't love a good snack throughout the day, but you might be concerned. Hey, I have a hard time making healthy choices. I don't want to have to make that choice anymore between health and good taste. Well, thankfully, with a product like Built Bar, you no longer have to. It is, I promise you, it is the best protein bar you have ever tried. One of my buddies sent me a note the other day after getting the chocolate chip cookie dough that is still available, by the way. And he's like, come on, man. There's no way this is a protein bar. It cannot be this good. It is that good, all right? And it they won't call it a candy bar, but I happen to think it is the, it's the healthiest candy bar you're ever going to have. It has the flavor, texture of one, but all of the protein and nutrition that you're looking for, minus the calories, minus the sugar, minus the net carbs, Built Bar. Take advantage of it right now. Get 15% off your order when you go to built.com, you will not regret it. B U I L T for built.com. Use my last name, Dace, as your promo code. Get 15% off now when you go to built.com for the best protein bar of all time. Built.com, B U I L T, promo code Dace, and get 15% off. Let's bring back our good friend, Alex Berenson. Good to see you again, brother. How are you? I'm all right. How are you? It is good to have you back here on the program. So let's start with a loaded question. Do we have a leaky vaccine? Oh, yeah. It's a virus, this vaccine. Uh, it, it doesn't, uh, I mean, the best data now suggests, uh, you know, after a few months, you have some possible marginal efficacy against the infection and transmission. Uh, you may be at 50 or 60 percent against hospitalizations, and that goes down too. Um, uh, you know, against serious infection and death, maybe you're in the 50 to 70 percent protection range. It, it, this is nothing like, uh, you know, the the sterilizing vaccines that um, that we were promised, and that you know that other vaccines are like the measles vaccine. I mean, you know, these 
the comparison of this to other vaccines is a joke. This is a this is a therapeutic essentially. It causes your body to make antibodies for a, a relatively short period of time, and that's why you know the, the CDC and Fauci and Biden are desperate to get everybody boosted because they know going into the winter, uh, you know, in the northern states, in the northern half of the country, uh, vaccine efficacy is fading towards zero. And, uh, and there still are a number of people out there, probably at least, I would guess, half to 60% of the country that have not been infected. It might be a little higher, it might be a little lower. And those people, you know, there'll be one last massive wave of this, in my opinion. I think, I think that's very likely. I think that's what we saw in Florida and the Sun Belt in the, uh, in the you know, the last two months. And I, I think the pattern will repeat. And I, these people who are talking about how this was the last wave, they're just wrong. You know, uh, you know they. That's why they want a booster. They want a booster essentially just to get through this winter. They're hoping to get through this winter. And then I don't know what their plan is for the spring. Uh, you know, I think they have another goal too, Steve, which is so, you know, they got 60% of the country vaccinated pretty easily, obviously with older people that, you know, the risk benefit made more sense. And then there were a number, you know, there were people in blue states who were very, very scared of COVID, who were very, very enthusiastic about getting vaccinated. And when it looked like the vaccine actually worked as promised, which was sort of back in the spring, those few months, what I call the happy vaccine valley, where you do have a lot of, you know, people do have a lot of antibodies and cases actually do drop. They thought, hey, we're going to get everybody, we're going to get to, you know, 90% or whatever it will be. It won't be that big a struggle and we'll be, we'll be done with this. Unfortunately, neither human biology nor the coronavirus cooperated. And now they're in this terrible position where They've made a promise to the 70% of the, you know, whether it's 60, 65% of adults, 70% of adults who've gotten vaccinated, that this would be, you know, take the shot and we'll all be okay. And that's turned out not to be the case. So they have two problems. One is they're hoping to get, they're hoping efficacy is less than they thought. If they can get more people vaccinated, it will get them closer to herd immunity. All I think that's actually, um, I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think that can happen with this, this vaccine. But they also want to blame unvaccinated people. They don't want vaccinated people angry at them. And so they sort of feel, well, if we can grind out another 10 or 15 percent of adults getting vaccinated with mandates, with firing people, then we'll be at 80 or 85 percent of adults. And then the 10 or 15 percent of people or, or you know, 18 percent, whatever it is, who are holding out will be under immense pressure. So I think that's what's going on right now. They, they just want to, for whatever reason, this has become, I mean, really, it's the vaccinated who made this a fight. And they've made it a fight because the vaccine, ironically, doesn't work. If it worked, they wouldn't have to worry about anybody else. Mm-hmm. We're going to have a, a pretty sober come to Jesus meeting with our audience next hour based on what you just said that I was already planning on the Sunbelt wave, what we saw with the numbers and what I expect to see happen in the North, given some of the leading indicators, the, sure. the, the ICU events in Maine right now, the, the case explosion in Vermont right now, Massachusetts just reported half of the deaths at the last week of September were fully vaccinated. All right. And so seasonality is just beginning in the North. And if you look at what we saw with the Sunbelt wave in August, we had more all cause mortality and more COVID mortality in August of 2021. Than we had in August of 2020 without anybody vaccinated whatsoever in the country. All right. And, and so uh, I want to warn our audience to prepare themselves for that. 
And I suspect that we might see actually the worst wave we have ever seen. I am afraid of that, Alex. This winter in the North, what are your thoughts? I think you're correct to be afraid. I don't, I'm not going to say that's going to happen, but what I will say is, you know, there's been these articles written in the last couple of weeks of, oh, this could have been the last wave. You know, Scott Gottlieb, who's on the Pfizer board, who sort of speaks the consensus, has been saying that. Um, David Leonhardt, who I know from the New York Times, is a smart guy, but has just been completely, completely wrong about this, wrote a piece uh, saying that. And yeah, I, I think it's quite possible that you're right. One reason you might not be right, actually, is that back in December and January of last year, we had the first dose spike. So we know, even though the you know vaccine advocates won't admit it, that in the first you know 10 to 14 days post-vaccination, you have this paradoxical effect where infections and deaths actually seem to rise briefly. So we shouldn't have, we shouldn't be facing that again. And the other thing is, they are convinced, they have convinced some of the more the most vulnerable people to get boosters. And again, boosters in the short term. Uh, probably work because they get your antibodies back up again. It's not a you know it's not a long term strategy, but it is a short term strategy. So uh, I mean I would agree with you. And the other thing you pointed out, which is a discussion that we we have to have, you and I have to have, and everyone has to have, is this issue of all cause mortality in Britain, which has really good statistics. All cause mortality, even if you subtract COVID deaths, is now running about 10 percent higher than it did not just in 2020, but in sort of 2015 through 2019. And we don't know why that is, whether, whether, you know, whether it's people who delayed medical care and are now sick, whether it is some sort of, uh, you know, issue around cardiovascular events related to vaccination, whether it's something else, we don't know. But all-cause mortality in Britain is now higher than it was at, at this time last year. So there, there's just a lot of stuff that these people will not admit. And, you know, we're not, Steve, you and I are not talking about conspiracy theories. We're not talking about crazy depopulation. We're not saying Pfizer owns the federal government. We're just talking about real statistics and real issues around vaccine efficacy and how long it lasts that for whatever reason, the people in power just will not talk about. So let's talk about Sweden. Because I am fascinated by what is going on there right now. On July 23rd, 39% of, of, of Swedes were fully vaccinated. As of September 28th, that number had gotten to about two-thirds, about 63%. So right now, Sweden is one of the most aggressive vaccinating countries in the West. It's clear that they're trying to, to get as many needles and as many arms as they can before their seasonality kicks in. And winters, obviously, in, in much of Sweden, particularly in the north, are, you know, beyond brutal. On the other hand, though, you would surmise that they probably built up the highest levels of natural immunity than, than any other country in the West did, given they were the least locked down. When they had their, their, way, their second wave last November, they did do a curfew of public events at like 10 o'clock. But that's it. Like they didn't do like mass masks and lockdowns and stay at home orders. That's the closest thing they came to a lockdown in Sweden for about a month last last late fall. And so I am fascinated to see because the pattern that guys like you and I have seen in all these countries when they've reached a majority vaccination is everybody celebrates because you see this Delta decoupling originally, right? Cases continue to go up and serious cases, hospitalizations, deaths remain stabilized. And then sooner or later, though, those numbers, the cases become so overwhelmingly high 
that it's a numbers game. You lose in terms of sheer volume. That even if you have some, you retain some efficacy from serious infection from these vaccines, their their lack of ability to thwart transmission becomes so overwhelming that even while the CFR is going down, the the mortality is going up because so many more people are infected. I will be fascinated to see. Do we see this same pattern here in the next month or so in Sweden? If we don't, Alex, then that means they did it right by building natural immunity first and then vaccinating, right? But if we do, what does that say about the vaccines as a general product, if the same thing happens there? Well, I would say if, if, if you know, if we see a, not a big rise in deaths in cases in Sweden or a rise in cases, but not a big rise in deaths, um, I, I would say you might just, it might mean the vaccines are uh, sort of useless on top of base herd immunity. Right. You might you not, might not be able to say that the vaccines are doing anything on top of base herd immunity. Um, but I don't know, you know, what we what you mentioned this, it would be nice to have, uh, and I don't know if Sweden has done this or not, so I, I, I just don't know, a randomized uh, antibody sample from Sweden. In other words, I don't know, you know, we all think that maybe Sweden had more infections and recoveries and is closer to herd immunity than let's say the UK, but I'm not actually sure that's true. Because as we know, the virus tends to spread, uh, you know, quickly once you pull a lockdown. So, uh, so you know, you can sort of choose to get it on its own, or you can choose to lock down and delay it for a couple months, and then it spreads. I mean, the only places that appear to have really kept the virus out are places like New Zealand, um, you know, island countries that have really locked down tight. So, uh, so you know, it, it will be interesting to see what happens. I mean, I, I Steve, you know, I think there, 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 there. Multiple questions here, and again, I, you and I are trying to talk about this in a in a rational, responsible way. But I do think you know we should be asking everyone why won't the U.S. accept herd mm-hmm. immunity, or sorry, accept natural immunity as a you know as something that should substitute for vaccination? Why is there this desperate need to get children vaccinated? You know, especially. You know, the, the younger in age you get, the less sense this makes. But really, anybody under 18 who's healthy is at such low risk for this. And, and why is it that I got censored from Twitter for essentially being right that the vaccines were failing in places like Israel and the UK? Why am I not allowed to have a Twitter account when the Taliban are allowed to have a Twitter account? Mm-hmm. You know, why, why do I legitimately have to worry at this point that my unreported truth substack, which is the alternate platform that I've been forced to, which is, you know, much smaller than Twitter. It's an effective platform, but it's much smaller than Twitter. Why is it that I am now have to worry that Stripe, which is a, you know, payments processing company, might not let people pay for my Substack if they choose to. And by the way, people don't have to pay, but if they want to pay, they can. So, I, I, you know, I, I think what's happening with censorship and censorship, this is not politics to me. This is about medicine and science and asking questions about the public health. Why we're in a place where I can't ask those questions is very strange and disturbing to me. Well said. I've got about 90 seconds. I'm sure you saw this uh, just a few days ago. Peer-reviewed study in the European Journal of Epidemiology looked at hundreds of countries and then thousands of counties. And they looked for correlative data between vaccination rates and case rates. Two researchers did. One of them from Harvard, by the way. Now, they didn't title their study Virus Get a Virus, brother. But they they might as well have done that because they found they could find no correlation whatsoever. And just a few weeks ago, when I looked at data in heavily vaccinated countries, it was just so random. It doesn't make any sense. And that's what this study found as well. 
Yeah, I, that that's a great paper. There's another paper that just came out also in a European journal called uh, Euro Surveillance, looking at a small outbreak in an Israeli hospital. And, uh, you know, this is in a 96% vaccinated population among staff and patients. And uh, the, the virus just spread like mad. So, uh, you know, you just on the ground, it just does not look like vaccines. Maybe they delay things for a few months. You know, they're sort of like, you can push it out a little bit, but but they don't actually, these vaccines anyway, do not stop this virus. Alex, really quick, again, remind our audience where they can continue to follow your work if they want to. Sure, I'm on Substack. And if you go to, and you type in my name, it's called S-U-B-S-T-A-C-K is the platform. My name, Alex Berenson, you'll find it, Unreported Truths. Please sign up, pay if you like, don't pay if you like. I'm just trying to get the biggest audience possible right now. You've been doing the Lord's work, man, for almost uh, two years now. Thank you very much, brother. Appreciate you. All right. Take care. You bet. All right, gentlemen, some thoughts. What do you think? Rage. Um, The fact that he is banned and, again, brings up the absurdities uh, of the Taliban, but the constant... Uh, double standards. Uh, double standards. Teachers' unions are now, uh, or parents are domestic terrorists. While excuses are being made ad nauseum for you know following uh, Chris, Senator Kirsten Sinema to the bathroom on a plane, we we got to stop this nonsense right now. Th- th- this uh, Alex is uh, a victim of far more than something personal to him. This is where people get erased. We are getting there very, very fast. None of you would have guessed that we would have been here five years ago. We're sprinting faster than ever before. Wake up. It's a reminder that this is not really about the virus, but it is about the virus. Okay, the conversation we're about to have, it's basically a carbon copy. I don't know if you recognize this, Steve. It's basically a carbon copy of a conversation we had at the very, very forefront. Before I think you had even read, or read the, the paper from Imperial College of London, it's basically a carbon copy of a, of a talk that you gave back in early of March of, of 2020, Steve. So yeah, the, the virus to be taken seriously, but... All of the other things that come along with this, that that finished this conversation with Alex, that's really the long-term, like the long, long long-term threat, assuming we ever stop vaccinating against the spike protein. That's the long-term threat. And that's that's what's so maddeningly frustrating about this. I'm, I'm sure it's frustrating to you listening and watching to the watching this as well, is that it's it's, you're just inundated on all sides with this. Yeah, I need to be prepared. What do I need to do to keep my family safe uh, and just uh, keep their immune systems boosted? That's that's a good thing. But good good grief, am I going to have a job tomorrow because of this? That, that That's the frustrating part about all of this. You just don't know which whack-a-mole to whack next. Mm. We'll come back hour two. We're going to lay some real information on you you need to pay close attention to. We will do that here in a moment. And we're back with Hour 2, live and on demand here on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. Steve Dace here with Aaron McIntyre, Todd Erzin, and all of you. Let us know what you think about what we think via the stevedace.com inbox by emailing us, steve at stevedace.com. That's D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook, where you might get lied to with hashtag Facebook-approved takes. 
Uh, although little by little, I'm, I'm trying to reincorporate the truth over at Facebook. We'll see how long that lasts. Uh, don't hold your breath. Uh, you can also follow me on Twitter at Steve Day Show or just get the unvarnished truth of what I really think by looking for me on MeWe, Parlor, Gab, and Getter or getting clips of the show free of censorship, free to watch at rumble.com slash Steve Day Show. Also want to thank all of you that are podcast listeners. You are a huge Vitally important part part of our audience and uh, one of the biggest reasons for the continued growth and success of the show. Thank you for that. Please, if you haven't done this yet, contribute one more way by leaving us a five-star review, hitting the follow or subscribe button, whichever the case may be, uh, wherever you happen to podcast us from. And thank you to all of you, many of you, that have done those two things for us already. You know, it's crazy how fast the prices of just about everything are rising these days. Gas, groceries, Close, you name it, and all the experts are saying it's going to get worse before it gets better. If you are looking for more and more ways that you can cut costs, uh, start with your auto insurance. Start with Gabby. Shopping for auto insurance ain't exactly, you know, a hot time on the old town tonight. But with Gabby, uh, they do all the work for you. Uh, Things that would take days or weeks, Gabby can do in just minutes. They use your current policy to compare your current coverage with 40 of the top insurance providers out there, including huge national names like Travelers and Nationwide and more. Uh, they're one of the true comparison platforms out there with fast, verifiable quotes, not just ballpark guesses. And because Gabby uses your current coverage, they only show you policies that are the same or better than your current coverage, many of them at a lower price. And Gabby is free to use and they never sell your info, so no annoying spam or robocalls after using it. I used Gabby, and you know what they showed me? The best policy I could get for our family is exactly the one that we had. So that's good for us to know. But wouldn't you like to know that for sure? Find out right now uh, when you make the switch, when you go uh, to Gabby.com slash Dace. G-A-B as in boy, G-A-B-I, featured in TechCrunch, Forbes, USA Today. Start saving on your auto insurance today at Gabby.com slash Dace. Again, Gabby.com slash Dace. Let's get to some fake news or not. And this week, I'm going to tell you that the goal of this segment this week is to cut through the clutter of a lot of fake news. And... We will be putting this out later as a separate segment that you'll be able to get today on rumble.com slash Steve Day Show. I forgot to tell you that earlier, Aaron. Sorry. Uh, I assumed you were, okay. we would. I figured you probably assumed that. But there's going to be a lot of vitally important information here. Information that you're going to need probably to, to look at and consider a couple of times. Not just on one viewing or one hearing. Okay? I want us to begin with a fantastic piece Our friend and colleague, the weekly prophet of woe and lamentation, Daniel Horowitz wrote yesterday for The Blaze, titled, The country with the best data shows infection rates are higher among the vaccinated. And he points out this data from the UK, which posts the most comprehensive granular data every Thursday. And it shows that COVID cases per capita are actually right now more common among the vaccinated within the United Kingdom. 66 million people. So that's a pretty good sample. Uh, something like over eight, something like 80% of everyone over 16 has been fully vaccinated there. And yet now cases per capita are higher among the vaccinated 
than the unvaccinated in most age groups, except for the very young. In other words, the age group that's the the least susceptible to coronavirus. So if you're unvaccinated among the young, you're getting it more often than the vaccinated among the young in the UK. You're also, though, the, the generation, the age group that's the most disposed to stand up to it. The more vulnerable demographics, no such success for you. Continuing on inside Daniel's piece, with the vast majority, next graphic here, Aaron, with the vast majority of the vulnerable population fully vaccinated, you've heard me reference this now a couple times on the show today already, August of 2021 had just as many deaths as August of 2020 and dramatically more COVID deaths. How do we possibly explain this? So what this means is all-cause mortality, because you include COVID in that, is higher. And then with COVID mortality, COVID mortality higher than it was at this time a year ago. How, how, how do we possibly explain this? And as our friend Alex Berenson just pointed out just a few minutes ago on the show, and it's included in this graphic as well, it, it's actually higher going back to like 2016. And this is typically weighted and measured within about a three to five year cycle because, you know, you have demographic and lifestyle changes or maybe a pandemic. So you don't want to go back much further than that. So August of 2021 was a deadlier August than it has been for the last five years. And that's with these glorious life-saving vaccines. How, How do we explain that? Continuing on inside of Daniel's piece, another truly astounding statistic here. Four times as many COVID-attributed deaths in August 21 as in August 20, 2020, I should say, for those between the ages of 15 and 44. Remember when I told you the virus is worse this year than it was last year? It is still age-stratified. It is not as age-stratified as it was. And this points this out. We have four times as many COVID-attributed deaths in August of 2021 as we had in August of 2020. And that, again, remember August 2020, we not only didn't have anybody vaccinated, we were still two months away from CDC putting out any form of early treatment guidelines for COVID-19. The first one they put out was remdesivir, which is garbage. So no early treatment guidelines at all. Later in this conversation, I'm going to give you some places you can go for early treatment information. None of these existed at this time last year either. Early treatment is now sort of a, a, you know, a renegade market. It was a flat out black market at this time a year ago. I mean, it was flat out hydroxychloroquine was just flat out contraband. So we have no early treatment. We have no vaccines. And yet, for those between the ages of 15 to 44, we had four times as many COVID deaths with those things this August than we did last August. Forget fancy schmancy titles. 
Forget spin. Close your eyes. Take a deep breath. Use that eight-pound gray weight of muscle matter between your two frontal lobes the good Lord gave you. Does that sound to you like how this is supposed to work? That's what I thought. Next, let's look at Wales. Again, let's go back to the UK, which does have the best data in the world now. Mask mandate, been there forever. 92% of everyone over 16 is at least partially vaccinated in Wales in the UK. And yet, cases there are now the highest they have ever been. Wasn't it Wales last year, last week we had the numbers that a a plurality of hospitalizations in Wales in the UK, according to BBC, were fully vaccinated? Wasn't that in Wales in the UK? I believe it was. Next, I want you to watch, speaking of which, more data from England. This is Senator Ron Johnson from your home state of Wisconsin. Watch this. One moment, sorry. That's all right. Ron Johnson lays out with just some astounding detail. Finally, somebody talking about natural immunity. You've been harping on this. Who's talking about who's championing natural immunity? Um, Well, we finally have a Republican who is doing that, and it, it appears to be Ron Johnson finally, mercifully talking about natural immunity. Watch this. And it appears this video is not going to play. It played before the show. I tested it. You saw me test it. Mm. And it's not working. Apologies. That's right. Well, I want to try it one more time because I think it's important for the audience to see this. So I'll lay this out and then we'll try it one more time before we move on. So what what Senator Johnson's going to point out here um, is he's going to quantify a lot of the arguments that Rand Paul has attempted to make on a, on a meta level, medically, for the last year and a half. He's going to quantify this with data and show that 63% of Delta deaths in the UK in the last seven and a half months were fully vaxxed. And yet this is data that is not shared whatsoever with the American people. And he's going to ask a key question. What is the justification of mandates if they refuse to acknowledge the basic fact of natural immunology. Watch this now. Let's look at some data, the type of data that we're not getting from our healthcare agencies. So we have to look, unfortunately, to England and to Israel that are more transparent. Now, I don't, rec- I don't expect anybody to be able to read the figures here. I'll give you, I'll give you the highlights, but I'm, I'm showing that this is from Public Health England. This is one of their, their federal healthcare agencies. This is from their technical briefing number 23, dated September 17, 2021. It covers cases for about seven and a half months, from the beginning of February to February 12th. What the data shows is that during that seven and a half month period in England, there were about 750,000 new COVID cases. About a little under 600,000 of those were the Delta variant, about 80%. The number of deaths associated with those 600,000 Delta cases was 2,542, which gives us a case fatality ratio of about 
Now again, case fatality is higher than infection fatality because these are actually registered cases and there are all kinds of infections that never get registered. So to put this in context, an infection fatality rate for a bad flu season is slightly under 0.2, half of this. Just going to put things in perspective. Now, President Biden, and this has been parroted by media, news media, said that what we are currently experiencing is a pandemic of the unvaccinated. They don't give us really any data to back that up. They just proclaim, pronounce that 99% of people with COVID now are unvaccinated, but they don't give us the data. But we have data from England, and here's the data. So of the 600,000 cases in England, 43% were with the unvaxxed. 27% were with the fully vaxxed. Another 30% were with partially vaxxed or just undetermined. But I think what's interesting, because here's another quote from President Biden. President Biden said, if you're vaccinated, you're not going to be hospitalized. You're not going to an ICU unit. You're not going to die. You're not going to get COVID if you have these vaccinations. Well, maybe that's true in the U.S. I kind of doubt it because in England, of the 600,000 new cases of Delta, of the over 2,500 deaths, 63% of those deaths, 1,613 people were, were the fully vaccinated. 28% were with the unvaxxed. Now, this is information the American people have probably never heard. It's information, by conveying it, I will get attacked, I will be vilified, I will be censored, I will be suppressed. It's one of the reasons I've come to the floor of the Senate to reveal this information that the American people need to know. Well done by Senator Johnson there. Let me now share with you more information you need to know. Uh, this is a peer-reviewed study from Europe. It was also randomly sampled. And what it shows is that antibodies last for over a year. Antibodies last for over a year after a COVID-19 infection. That is over on my Twitter account right now, at Steve Day Show. And the data also shows, by the way, that the more severe your COVID infection was, the stronger and longer those antibodies will last. In other words, natural immunity for the win again. Natural immunity for the win again. Um, then there's this. Massive peer-reviewed study of real-time global data finds no correlation between vaccination rates and case rates. Looked at 68 countries, 2,947 counties in the United States. So literally thousands of different locales all over the world and here in the U.S. No correlation whatsoever between vaccination rates and case rates. And in this study's conclusion, it says, and I quote, sole reliance on vaccinations as a primary strategy to mitigate COVID-19 and its adverse consequences needs to be re-examined. One of the researchers that put this study together, by the way, he's at Harvard, the number one rated university in the United States of America. 
One of the most censored skeptics of COVID, Stan, is a socialist professor at Harvard named Dr. Martin Goldorf. They censor him all the time for calling BS on this. Trust the experts, though. Now you can't even, now we just, remember when we just blanketly had to believe anything that came out of Harvard, right? Now there's only even certain, this thing has become so corrupt, even within their own echo chamber, within their own worldview, within their own belief system, there's a limited amount of people now, even at Harvard. Even at Harvard now, they have to separate sheep from the goats. Even at Harvard now. Here's what this means. I, I am worried. I'm worried about trend lines I see. And now, these trend lines are so obvious, even the Associated Press is covering them. The AP wrote a story over the weekend. Virus surge hits New England. Despite high vaccination rates, understand seasonality in the North just began this week. And already, Maine has the highest caseload it's ever had, second most vaccinated state in the Union. Vermont, highest caseload it's ever had, the most vaccinated state in the Union. Surges in Massachusetts, where at the final week of September, 49% of all deaths were fully vaccinated. These are bad leading indicators before we even hit the seasonal wave. This article is a rare moment of transparency. And here's what this also means. It means that despite months of vaccination lead time to buttress themselves against their seasonality, a difficult winter could be on the horizon nevertheless. They already can't keep up and the winter wave hasn't started. We could also therefore see the reemergence of more traditional viruses to coincide with this less viral interference that we had last year. We saw this with the Sunbelt wave. Remember all those early stories about the huge massive increases of, co- of pediatric COVID cases? Most of that turned out to be the reemergence of RSV to coincide with the Sunbelt wave. Here's what it means for all of us. I would strongly and strongly and strongly again urge all of you to know for sure if you have had COVID before, and if so, how long ago? I mentioned that new peer-reviewed study out of Europe just a moment ago about how long antibodies from recovered infection still maintain themselves in your bloodstream. Then, of course, we have what's called T-cell or cellular immunity, which can last a lot longer, maybe a lifetime, years, decades, But remember, you've got T-cell immunity to flu and cold viruses, too. You can still get sick from those. And I believe this virus is worse this year than it was at this time last year, as all the data I've already shown you indicates. So I beg all of you, find out for sure if you have had the virus before as soon as you can. I also urge all of you to make sure your vitamin D levels are where they need to be. This is why seasonality is the number one population driver of COVID. Number one, because people are indoors in the summertime in the South when it's blazing hot. So that's when they get their wave. And people are indoors in the wintertime in the North when it's bitterly cold. So that's when we get ours. Respiratory viruses don't like vitamin D, don't like sunlight. Consult with your healthcare provider. What is the max amount for you from a vitamin D standpoint? And the same for your children, especially if they're in a corporate school setting 
around kids and other little germ factories all day long. Make sure they're also at their peak vitamin D levels. Make sure you've got access to a healthcare provider that will do early treatment if you test positive, including filling the prescriptions for things like ivermectin and others that may be difficult as time goes on. A couple of places you can look for that, by the way. Earlycovidcare.org is one. Earlycovidcare.org. Let me repeat that. Earlycovidcare.org. Earlytreatmentreport.com is another one. Earlytreatmentreport.com is another one. Ivermectinken.com is another one. Ivermectinken.com is another one. Those are three. Make sure you wrote those down. And maybe, maybe get in touch and get used to those sites and navigating them now so you can be prepared. Because I think that th- I think we might be, I hope I'm wrong. But as I said to Alex Berenson just a little while ago, I think we might be looking at our worst wave yet. So please, 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 please. And that's, that's before we even get into the whole thing with the vaccines and the therapeutics. That's a separate debate at this point. But you do need to know, however, if you think I just took this jab a month ago to keep my job or to get into an event or to qualify for this, no, you didn't. I know a lot of people did J&J just to get the one shot. J&J just applied for a booster shot this morning. These things are not immunizations. Now, you may still elect to get it. But you need to know you will be part of an ongoing real-time experiment of injection and re-injection over and over again. As Aaron pointed out at the top of the show, Israel no longer says anyone with just full vaccination is fully vaccinated now. If you've not been given a third booster shot of Pfizer, you can't go to an indoor event in Israel. Canada has ordered four years of a supply of booster shots. Four years. So understand, you are signing up for a reoccurring event. Again, given your risk level, given the, 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 the choices you have to make in your life, that still may be okay for you, but you should know, know that. You deserve to know that. The efficacy for these things have, are waning in, in months. The Israeli data actually showed it was weeks, even with a third booster. So this will not be, I just did it once, give me my job, leave me alone. Oh no, you're, good, you're on the hook for this over and over again. Again, you might be okay with that, but you deserve to know that. Please, go to the websites I mentioned. Please, find out. For sure, if you have had this, if you can. Because if you live in the North, winter is coming. And I fear, based on what they've done so far to work against natural immunity and the fact we have a leaky vaccine, that the virus is worse now than it ever has been. And with the Northern wave coming, we may see the worst wave of this we have seen yet. Be prepared. Please, I beg you. Gentlemen, what do you think? Well, speaking of begging, I I need to beg a question. Why at this point, with everything you know, is it okay to be okay with that? As as you said, regarding uh, the choice to be vaccines for evs. I need to know. Why is it okay to be okay with that? 
because the level of suspension of the reality we claim on this show and elsewhere to be defending, trying to preserve for our children, that there's you can't. It's one or the other. It's a choice, one or the other. You cannot have what you think you want and what this country has provided you uh, through the legacy passed on generation after generation and be vaccine perhaps. It's not possible. So why would you be okay with that? Yeah, I, I would say now is a, as good of a time as anything or any time, I should say, to do all the things that the medical establishments in the federal government especially has been not telling you to do or telling you not to do. So engaging in a healthy lifestyle that can still be done during the winter months, even though there's less sunlight. Pound that di- vitamin D, as, as Steve said. Get as much exercise as you possibly can, as Steve said. It's still on an individual level, on an individual level, on an individual level is not something for most age groups that's going to end up with you in the hospital. The vast majority. No need to panic. Saying that it's worse than it was last year does not mean that it's a reason to panic and go out and and buy all the toilet paper that you can at Costco. But it doesn't mean, though... That it can't be serious, similar to way, the way a bad cold could be serious to you. This is similar to the way a bad flu could be serious to you. So do the precautions that you would for a, a normal flu or cold season. Do the things that your um, that do things to prepare your family that you knew, normally would do. Um, Engage in a healthy lifestyle, get lots of exercise, those things. Eat well, don't eat junk food, unless it's Thanksgiving or Christmas. Um, go out and live your life still. Do, do all the things that uh, they said that we couldn't do because it would make things worse that actually made the, things got worse anyway. Get the vaccine, don't get the vaccine. On an individual, on an individual level, it might help you. On the macro level, it's not helping things at all. That's clear now. It's not helping things at all. If you are in a, in a higher risk group, take extra precautions for your life, for living your life. You make those decisions yourself, though. Make that risk-reward analysis yourself, though. Things fundamentally, fundamentally, I'm repeating myself because I'm trying to choose my words carefully. Fundamentally, things are not a heck of a lot different than they were back in March or April of 2020. The virus may be worse. It may be more virulent. But if you do the things to protect yourself, find a provider who will uh, help you find some early treatment options. If you can, use the resources that Steve gave. Fundamentally, we are not really that much in a different position than we were in April, March or April of 2020. Now, having said that, we should fundamentally be in a different place. We should. Something changed. You know what changed. We should be fundamentally in a much different place when it comes to this virus than we were back then. But we're not. Flush that. Uh, Work against the mandates that are probably causing this to get worse. But uh, on an individual level, you can still live your life. Do the things that make life worth living. Don't panic. Prepare yourselves the way you would for a normal cold or flu season. Yes, it's worse. That doesn't mean it's the worst. Let me give you those sites one more time. 
Make sure you jot these down. And frankly, all of you listening and watching, don't let the sun go down today without at least familiarizing yourself with these sites, okay? Earlycovidcare.org. Again, earlycovidcare.org. Earlytreatmentreport.com. Now, this one is kind of a aggregator catch-all of, of a lot of various early treatment websites. Earlytreatmentreport.com. And then one more, ivermectinken.com. Ivermectinken.com. We'll come back. Pop Culture Tuesday. Australia media is now dipping its toe into the UFO waters. We will discuss next. You know that uh, free email services like Gmail and Yahoo aren't really free, right? That you're paying for that with your data, with your privacy. Internet giants, big tech, uh, they bank on exploiting your data by selling it to the highest bidder. Your business plan, Google's got it. Your medical records, Yahoo can sell them to drug companies, etc. And on and on it goes. That's why you want to use StartMail. They keep your email private, period. Every email can be encrypted, even if the recipient doesn't use encryption. And when you delete an email in StartMail, it is gone forever. They also use their own servers, not Amazon's, which means they can't be put out of business like, say, what happened to Parler uh, last year. Switching to StartMail is seamless, too. You can easily transfer all your current email data so there's no starting over from scratch. It is backed by the most stringent privacy laws in the world. And you can get unlimited anonymous aliases. And this is a feature that protects your main email address from spam and phishing attacks. And again, everything can be deleted and really deleted at any time. So start securing your email privacy with StartMail. Sign up today. Get 50% off your first year. When you go to startmail.com slash Steve, that's start with a T, startmail.com slash Steve for 50% off your first year at startmail.com slash Steve. All right, let's get to Pop Culture Tuesday. Each Tuesday, we look at the intersection between pop culture and conservatism. And I guess a guy that's considered the lead anchor or one of the lead anchors, I don't remember his name, of Australia's version of 60 Minutes has put out his own documentary. You can watch it now on YouTube. It's only a few weeks old. Has put out his own documentary looking at the UFO issue. Now, I watched this again last night, even jotted down a few things I wanted to make sure we discussed. But I also don't want to bias the sample here. So before I give any take at all, I want to know what you guys thought watching this. Well, it, I, I will admit, my shoulders slumped a little bit when I got this assignment. <laughs> oh, dear God, not again. <laughs> Now, uh, half of this, maybe at least a third to a half is review of one we've seen before, the same tech kind mm-hmm. of stuff. Mm-hmm. And then the rest goes into Australia. I've, uh, I found the set aside this guy and whatever his bona fides might be, but, uh, the production of quality of this was far more grating than the ones you've showed us in the past. There was, uh, Ooh, scary music. And this breathless, uh, breathy Australian chick, it, 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 
The other ones were really good because they didn't do that crap to you. They, I felt like I was being manipulated on this one, which I absolutely uh, didn't like. Also, this is coming out of Australia. Uh, not believing much uh, in the way of integrity coming out of Australia, so speaking of biases, that's one. Tough but fair. Yeah, that's one yeah. problem I have. Yeah, I yeah. don't know this guy's background at all, but combined Australia, combined with media... I'm just I I can't I said at the end of the last ones where I where I stand on all of this and I keep coming I can't I can't get past the fact that I feel like I'm, is this whole thing I'm watching totally made up did they make a news show to look like a news show that is all crisis actors of some kind is any of it real that's Ross Coltart. I wanted to get his name. That's, that's the his place yeah. I've come to after the last year and a half. Because you tell me who this guy is. It, for all, if this guy's Jake Tapper, why am I going to care a rip about what he cares about this thing? In fact, he may like uh, manipulating us. That may be the entire point of all of this, especially with what's going on in Australia. Hey, I know we're rounding you up and putting you in camps, but did you hear about the aliens? I, 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 I'm not meaning to... Maybe this is true. I wish at this point it was true. That'd be way more interesting than the stupid gruel we're fed on a daily basis here. But I I just, all I can feel is manipulation. I'm sorry. All right. Since you went there, okay, here's his bio. Um, Chief investigations reporter for the Sunday night news program. Ross Coulthard has won five prestigious Walkley journalism awards. I guess that's their version of like a Pulitzer including the most coveted top award for Australian journalism, the Gold Walkley. Uh, his broadcast television investigated journalism has also won the top broadcast award. It's called a Logie. Um, and it goes on and on. This guy's been around since the 1990s. All kinds of awards. Um, I mean, this is a fairly decorated uh, journalistic figure in Australia from what I can read in his biography. But I'm my guess based on the where fact journalism that, is largely dead, by the way. But that's worth well. That's noting. what I'm saying. Yes. If I do any research on him, and he's spent the last year saying lockdown, uh, take the jab, and enjoy being beaten over the head. Well, then I'm sorry. I just don't, now I I need to do that research for myself. But hey, um, the odds are high. All right, Aaron. Before I go to you, let me tell the audience about our friends at Omega XL. If you are struggling. With chronic pain, this is the kind that comes usually from too much inflammation in the body, not because of a sickness or an ailment or an injury. Those things require medical treatment. But if you've got that lingering chronic pain, that achiness, stiffness in your neck, your back, your knees, your shoulders that won't go away, check out Omega XL. It's an all-natural anti-inflammatory backed by 35 years of clinical research in the last year plus of my own testimony. Having used this product on a daily basis, I can personally attest to its effectiveness. And now if you want to give it a shot, buy one bottle, get a second one for free right now. Buy one, get one free. When you go to OmegaXL.com slash Steve, it's time to finally do something about that inflammation in your body causing your pain. When you go to OmegaXL.com slash Steve or call them at 800-844-4888. Aaron, what were your big picture thoughts? I thought it was interesting. It is a rehashing of a lot of the things that we've talked about with similar conversations and similar documentaries as well. I'm with Todd, though. That was my overall gut 
instinct because it was too well done. I, I, I feel like, and this is not just this documentary, but basically anything produced by um, most mainstream outlets. And to be fair, who did we have on from Australia last week who produced what really happened uh, happened in, in Wuhan? Sherry Markson. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, so it's not like they're incapable of getting to the bottom of of of, of some things and, and really doing some good journalistic work. But for whatever reason on this one, I'm in the show me mode with with UFOs right now. I felt like I was being lied to. I just didn't know how, which is basically the same feeling I get every day hopping on Twitter every time Anthony Fauci or uh, pick your favorite rhino senator or Joe Biden or fill in the blank. I'm being lied to. I don't know how. Sometimes I do. don't know how, though. And um, I, again, I'm in show me mode until I see one with my own two eyes. And see it doing these amazing things. I'm like, cool story, bro. Cool story. That's that's where I am with UFOs, and and it seems seems really weird because we have the most we have the most as this documentary gets into uh, grounding. I guess you could say the most um, backing up <laughs> that that I suppose you could say that we've ever had with this topic. Meaning the Pentagon confirming, yeah, those uh, videos that the New York Times obtained, those are real. We don't know what those are. And people like myself are going, okay, cool. What's for, what's for dinner tonight? You know, who's playing this week? That's, that's more of an indictment, I would say. I, I think the story around this story is actually the bigger story. Mm. Because it shows just how little credibility... Some of the institutions involved with not only confirming but propagating this story, how little credibility they have left. So the UFOs are going to have to confirm themselves, exactly. in other words. Yeah. I will say, as, as maybe the person who's been the most open to this possibility here on the show, I have reached my level of fatigue. I'm now officially from Missouri. You got to show me. Okay. Um. There were a few things about this that stuck out to me. Number one, that video that the New York Times came out with in 2017 that the Pentagon confirmed was true, that we've a lot of a lot of people have seen now the 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 tic tac looking UFO off the course or off the um, um, the off the starboard of mm-hmm. the aircraft carrier. They they do add some context about this. I did not know um, that it essentially was matching movements. That it it actually beat them to their own. They were doing war games at this time, like Top Gun level war games. It engaged them in forms of dogfighting and even beat them to the rendezvous point. You know that I did not know. Okay, so that I found certainly fascinating. This also stresses what uh, one of the other UFO docs we watched as a show and broke down talked about the consistent interaction with nuclear arsenals around the world okay and but one guy uses it to say that's why they want us to get rid of our nukes whenever we start getting into these things as um uh, sages elders you're here to guide us you know 
into the uh, prime directive now that Zephram Cochran's warp drive works. And so Give the piece of chance, you yes, savages. Yeah, the Vulcans now think it's time to, they, that, that we're able, with them holding our hand, to, to cross the intergalactic street. You start losing me at that stuff, okay? Um, the New York Times reporter saying that she thought it was very likely that the United States was in possession of alien craft and technology. If for no other reason that if I could go back and tell my 2015, 2010, 1995, 85, 90 self, that a New York Times, go back to your senior year in high school, all three of us, even though we're in different generations, and tell yourself that a New York Times reporter is going to say on camera that she believes there's a good chance the U.S. government is in possession of alien craft and technology. What would your high school senior self think the reaction of that would be? Like she would get fired for being nuts, right? Or it would cause a panic, right? Right? One of those two. I can't get it's, past it's, the... F- it, it's caused neither one. See, uh, but I can't get past right now. I want to ask that woman right now, what's a woman? Yep. Seriously. Who cares I, about I don't blame alien life that. if we don't have this one figured out? I mean, how do we know what's an alien? Yeah. Could they just... Could they yeah. just declare See, the themselves, funny, I'm human? The funny thing is- I'm that, transhuman, yeah. right? I, I, I identify as human. Could they just do that? Funny thing about, I'm not even arguing against the existence, with any of this, I'm not arguing against the existence of aliens. I'm almost, it's like, it would be almost merciful if they did come here and say, <laughs> game merciful. over, you losers. We've been watching, what the hell? We are from France. <laughs> yeah, I, I just, I don't know. I, We're I, androgynous and even we know what a woman is. Yes. <laughs> I guess I'm still back at, I don't believe it's enemy technology. As in terrestrial enemy technology. I, I just don't. I, 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 I think if, if our enemies had this kind of technology... That, that violates laws of physics that show no visible propulsion. They would have utilized it. And so if China had this technology, it wouldn't, be, it wouldn't be doing 37 flights in violation of Taiwanese airspace. Taipei would be a province of China three months ago, 10 minutes ago. Does anybody believe Vladimir Putin, the former head of the KGB, if he had this technology? Would have just tried to uh, get Trump in a in a P tape sting. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. I don't believe it is enemy technology. It would have to be like real life Wakanda or something. Yes, yes. Like Atlantis lives, Wakanda lives. Okay, some Middle Earth. I don't believe it's enemy tech. I think it's possible it's our own tech, and that's even addressed in this Australian documentary, by the way. I I think it is possible it is not of this earth. I think it is possible these are some forms of spiritual delusion and manifestations. The one that I absolutely do not think is possible, though, is that this is enemy tech. I don't think that's true in any way. So so China, China built violating the laws of physics non-propulsion system aircraft that can fly perpendicular against the laws of gravity, but decided, you know what, let's go ahead and take our shots here with the coronavirus. No, guys, no, I don't believe that. I don't. I don't believe that. 
I think you cannot say it's nothing. There's too much evidence to say it's all a farce. On the other hand, though, I can remain fascinated that we have all these credible visuals of these crafts, but no real credible visuals of any creatures. I think that kind of works against the case at the same time. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so here we are. It's a year plus now that they have promised us all these revelations and everything else. And I don't know that we really know anything we probably could not have surmised before the Pentagon even said that they officially recognize this as a thing. From the ones we've watched in the past, did you recognize any of the same people being interviewed? Christopher Mellon is, a, is the commonality. Okay, former uh, head, at, he's, he's a former high-ranking Defense Department official, both in the Bush and Obama administrations. Um, he's been around in politics for a long time. He's in like, he's in all he? okay. three of the ones that we have watched. Okay. Yeah, he's a... And, and it turns out you learn in this documentary, he is the one that originally leaked this stuff to the New York Times, that the government really, truly believed in it. Because I was looking for that, and I didn't remember, but, uh, you know, those, there's been, in t- oh, forget it, I'll bring it, TVs and movies where you go to a, a job interview, yeah. and then you come back to the same building because you have questions and nobody's there. Right, I feel right. like that's being done to me. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. Hey, um, do you find yourself turning on the news and feeling helpless? Hopeless. All right. Open borders, spending gone mad, more mandates, lockdowns, inflation, the list goes on. And a lot of this is stuff that is supported nowadays and propped up by corporate America. That's why when you've got a chance to do business with a company that shares your values and isn't trying to erase them, take full advantage of it. Like with our friends over at Patriot Mobile America's only pro-America conservative wireless provider. They offer the same broad nationwide coverage as all the big fellas because they use pretty much all the same towers, but they've got plans that fit any budget and they've got a 100% U.S.-based customer service team and they actually support your values and don't work against your way of life. So if you want to try it right now, they've got all kinds of offers and gifts. You can get free activation right now with the offer code Steve when you go to patriotmobile.com slash Steve. Veterans and first responders get special savings as well. Patriotmobile.com slash Steve or give them a call at 972-PATRIOT. That's going to do it for today's show. We are back at it again tomorrow. Noon to 2 Eastern, right after Glenn Beck here on Blaze TV. Until then, John 317. This is Steve Dace. On the Blaze Radio Network.